and welcome to episode 171 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast. Yeah, that's right. Ian's not here tonight, so we can count. Uh, we are recording on July the 24th, 2022. My name's Eric, host of the show, based in Southern Ontario, hunter, target shooter, ham radio operator, and computer geek. I've started a small preparedness company to help people get better prepared for at least 72 hours, if not longer. And my name is Jeff. I'm based in Central Ontario. I'm a target shooter, ham radio operator, general overall handyman, and weather nerd. And because I'm the weather nerd, just a heads up, if there's any listeners in eastern Ontario, anywhere in the area of uh, Caledar, uh, Madoc, northern uh, Frontenac, you are in the target of a tornado-warned storm with the potential of already a touchdown on the ground uh, heading towards the Smith Falls area. So... Uh, I may try to update a couple times during the show if I can pop back and forth. But uh, if you're in that area, you need to keep your eye on the sky and take cover. All right, then. Good to know. Thanks, Jeff. I'm Brad. I'm in eastern Ontario. Nowhere near where these storms are going on, thank goodness. Uh, I consider myself a part-time amateur prepper who's constantly trying to better myself. All right. If you want to help support the show and keep the Canadian Prepper podcast on the air, you can buy some swag. We've got uh, the Canadian Prepper podcast t-shirt that's being shown off this evening by Jeff. And of course, a tactical cool Velcro patch, uh, both available at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, all the proceeds help keep lights on and of course, the backup generator fueled. And if you're enjoying the show, please take a few minutes and like us on Facebook and submit a review on iTunes. We also want your feedback, good or bad, or just if there's a topic you'd want us to cover, you can send us an email at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. Uh, Kyle's got a good point here in the live chat. He said, uh, really, no one said CO, 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 or CGN, CGN, CGN before the show. Yeah, we, uh, we forgot to do that, so uh, both Alan and Ian uh, did not appear this evening. But don't worry, we'll, uh, we'll get we'll a couple of next time. at them. Uh, so we've got some uh, listener generated content for you in this episode we're going to start off of course with some recent news articles then we're going to update you on our personal preps then we're getting going to get into the main topic we got to some feedback from sasha so let's get into the news shall we So for myself, I've got an article here. I know this is going to be shocking. Uh, it's a ham radio related article. Weird. I no. no. <laughs> so it's from manitoulin.com and it just talks about um, how ham radio operators are the fallback for communication. And it touches on when things like the internet and cell service goes down. And uh, for example, when Rogers went down here recently, uh, there's no internet cell phone service for quite a majority of people. Um, shocking. And radio still worked. So it just kind of <laughs> touches on a lot of that and how they, they can fall back for various emergency services and, uh, and help out with communication in, uh, you know, a small, uh, small little situation that's localized or a massive one, depending on what it is that's occurred. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a neat read. If, uh, if you're a radio nerd, check it out. And I've got a couple. I've got one from, uh, uh, again, our, Russian-Ukrainian deal. Uh, so they struck a deal to open the ports uh, to hopefully try to get some grain out of Ukraine, considering everything that's going on with the, the shortage and everything. And of course, the next day, the port gets bombed. So 
Russia denies they had anything to do with it. Who knows the truth, but it, it is what it is. Um, but our great uh, Canadian liberal government, and I'm trying very hard to not get us kicked off of Facebook with this one. Uh, <laughs> the article from the Toronto Sun, and it basically says that the Liberal Party uh, has moved to limit fertilizer use uh, as the world food shortage gets worse. So, uh, oh, again, it's a Toronto Sun article, and it just basically says that Trudeau pushes ahead on fertilizer reduction as provinces and farmers cry foul. Obviously, uh, oh. anybody who has a half a brain in their head is going to realize exactly what's going on in the world. And part of the fertilizer, and I'm, I'm no chemical expert or anything like that, but it's nitrogen. Uh, and last time I checked, nitrogen isn't considered a, uh, a gas or a, a particulate that is really, really, really bad for climate change. So... Anyways, yeah. I'll leave it at that before I'm in trouble. What about carbon <laughs> monoxide? Edit more than usual. Yeah. Oh, oh, five minutes, 17 oh. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I had to do that for Alan. It's his birthday. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Happy birthday, Al. <laughs> yes, Terry, we'll eat crickets and we will be happy. <laughs> Not... nope. So for those of you paying attention in the live chat, you will notice Ian is lurking. He just didn't want to come and hang tonight in person. So, <laughs> but he is hanging out in the live chat. So, make sure to send some hate mail. Let them know how you feel about him not showing up for the show, but lurking in the comments. Yeah, no heckling from the cheap seats, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move into uh, what we've done lately for prep, shall we? I uh, did a bit of fuel rotation this week, some more yard work, cleaning up from my renovations and my, my one shed leaving and another shed arriving and, and restocking it, whatnot. Um, work, 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 work. But I did buy, thanks to Pierre from the other podcast, who is a good friend of mine. We live pretty close. He uh, got me onto a, a huge, I think it's 100 liters. I don't remember. It's huge. It's 150 bucks, huge, huge cooler, wheels on it, handle, the whole nine yards, supposed to keep ice ice for five days. I took it camping with me on the weekend, and we threw four bags of ice with a whole lot of drinks and other stuff in it. And tonight, uh, my son and I just emptied it, and there was still a good amount of ice in the bottom of it, so I was pretty impressed. Nice. So it's good. Yeah, that's Very awesome. Nice. Yeah. So uh, the, like you. Yeah, chirps. So <laughs> DM Davey mentions that he had just got a haircut as bad as Trudeau's. <laughs> that explains why he's not here. No. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. <laughs> uh, like Brad, I did. Uh, I did some fuel rotation and did my Costco visit that I do every maybe six weeks or so, and walked out with not much and a substantially lighter uh, pocketbook. So it's funny um, how that happens. Yeah, I'm not impressed, but. It is what it is. Got to live with it for now, unfortunately. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, for me, it uh, yeah, it was a, a week of work followed by work, followed by some more work. And then let me work. guess, some more work? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a busy week. Funny how for, that happened. For work, so it is what it is. Sometimes it takes over and, well, oh. 
I got some Dan pepper stuff the down live right chat. here. Dan there in the live chat says there's a tornado on the ground. Oh. Yeah, I'm Where just going to flip over to the other page for a second and have a look. Yep. Whereabouts, Dan, if you're uh, able to let us know where it is, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're waiting for an update from uh, from Dan or Jeff in regards to where that uh, tornado touched down. How about we move in to uh, the main topic? So yeah. this, uh, this whole episode uh, came from an email, actually, from a listener. So we had Sasha in uh, South Africa flip an email into us. And uh, after reading it, we decided we would uh, just turn it into an episode because it's uh, it's an email full of all kinds of little areas that we can open up and expand on. So we figured, why not? So here we are. Uh, I'll read the email and then we will move into expanding on the topic. So I'll just open it up to the panel and we'll uh, we'll discuss the, the points and uh, see where it takes us. I'm sure it's going to take us to all kinds of fun and interesting spots and for those of you in the live chat, don't be afraid to jump in and throw your thoughts in as well. So here we go with the email. It says, uh, hi, Canadian preppers. Uh, here are some ideas uh, to help with content. Uh, most of it uh, you have touched on, but there may be some additional ideas for you. I live in South Africa. As such, we have an environment here that encourages people to be prepared. I think of it as mandatory training. For example, we regularly have power failures. That is the norm more than stable power. Blackouts can vary from two hours to 11 hours of no power in a day. Uh, added to this, it's quite difficult to obtain some goods from international sources since they get uh, stolen in transit or the transportation costs are so high that they exceed the value of what you are buying. Uh, with that in mind, uh, one tends to learn various lessons. These include things like have a bunch of tools and also diagnostic equipment. You're going to be replacing or repairing most of what you have. That includes not just the regular things that you would find in a hardware store, but even things like sewing machines. I recently bought an industrial sewing machine and it has really paid off. I can repair or make all sorts of things that were previously impossible to fix by hand. I also purchased the battery management tools. Since in a grid down situation, you will need to check if batteries can supply sufficient amperage and not just enough voltage. If one battery in an array is bad, it can impact all sorts of other systems. Uh, you need to know how to find that and fix that. Uh, have spares of everything. When you think of spares, it usually uh, it is usually things that you don't expect. What happens when your electrical board has a, a failed breaker? Uh, do you have a spare? What about your specific size boots, stainless steel strands in your perimeter electric fence? What about remote control batteries for your car or home alarm? Uh, there are things that you would not think to get once you are in a grid down situation that you suddenly need. Uh, that is the hardest time to get those items. Uh, I keep spares of all clothing, electronics, vehicles, generators, inverters, communications gear, and so on. Even spare gas stoves and such. Uh, boxes of light bulbs, electrical wiring, and plumbing fixtures. It's uh, going to fail and best you have a spare uh, for training. Can I pop in for a second? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that uh, that uh, storm that I believe he's mentioning is moving into the Ajax area. There, there's not. They're not saying there's a tornado on the ground, but there's definitely a hook echo on radar, and there is uh, high velocity winds 
uh, just off the surface. So uh, if you're in the Ajax Pickering Pickering Beach area, you may want to consider uh, some coverage. All right, so we'll move on to uh, training. Uh, I think the biggest overlooked issue in uh, prepping is that people disregard training. Uh, they cannot treat a serious wound. Uh, they can't find a fault in a car that won't start. Uh, they can't diagnose a fault within basic electrical systems. They can't repair most appliances and don't know how to do basic plumbing or electrical work in their homes. As a result, they may have a lot of gear, but will be utterly incapable of using it in any sort of disaster. Worse yet, they may be purchasing the wrong things since they have never actually tested it. Uh, this even applies to how to deal with various scenarios and can include groups of people. Uh, what happens if the house is on fire? What about intruders? What about bugging out in groups? Uh, who does what in emergency? That sort of thing. Uh, there's just some ideas for the show. I hope it helps. Uh, also, keep up the great work. You guys rock. Uh, regards, Sasha. So, some fantastic points in there. A lot to unpack. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and really, it, it hits home to a lot of the topics that we've uh, we've discussed in the 171 episodes that we've done here. Uh, <laughs> one that stands out to me that uh, we'll just touch on right now is testing your gearing, knowing how to use it. I know we haven't said that yet. <laughs> really? This is the but, first time? Kyle, you yeah. should note that in the stats. Yeah, 13 yeah, yeah. this is the first time. Seconds. Yeah, yeah. We've, we've mentioned, you know, know your gear and, and how to test it. Yeah. But uh, let's get into, uh, let's unpack the, the diagnostic equipment that uh, you may not have but need. So uh, maybe I, we'll uh, touch on that I, first. I have a, a bunch of different uh, multimeters and I have a hydrometer to test the, uh, I guess, the, the acidity of uh, the battery fluid, battery acid. Um, but I never thought of the, where do you say there, battery management tools mm -hmm. to test the, the, the voltage and the wattage and the, the amperage especially. So that's one thing I am definitely going to be putting in my to-do list shortly is to do that. I have solar panels. I've built three small battery boxes for mm -hmm. off-grid use when camping. And we've had a power edge before when I lived in Ottawa and we use my power box and it was good, but that's one thing I don't have. So I know I'm definitely yeah, going to be buying point. one of those. Yeah. And I like the point too, of knowing how to do some basic electrical, um, like diagnostic work. Cause those are things that are going to break, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I know I can, I can fix generally most of the electrical stuff in my house. But it could be that I'm I'm diagnosing it wrong, and I don't know mm -hmm. everything that's on one circuit, and there's a there's a hidden junction box somewhere. Yep. So, yeah, definitely. Another great point is uh, just having some spare breakers for your electrical box. I don't know how many people actually keep spares kicking around. I've got a few here, um, just from times when things have been upgraded or changed or swapped around. Um, the electrician always says, "You want to hold on to these, or do you want me to just take them with me?" I said, "Well, oh, no, throw them on top of the box because you, you never yep. know, right?" You may never yep. use them, but you might. So fantastic suggestion. And if you if you don't use them, a neighbor might be yep. able to use one if his yep. fuse box breaks down and whatnot. And yep. then when he replaces it, you get a brand new fuse. So you know it's going to work. <laughs> or he takes the old one out, puts the new one in, and gives you the old one. Well, whichever. You still got <laughs> an extra whichever. fuse, right? Yep. So it's all good. Yep. Yeah. No, I think that was fantastic. Uh, really, really good point. Yeah. Um, and then, like, uh, even just the, the fact of having an industrial um, sewing, sewing machine, machine. Or, or learning that skill, that, um, 
like that's something that not a lot of people have as well, which could be very, very useful. Um, Last time I used a repair, you never think about grade it. Grade eight. <laughs> grade eight home <laughs> ec class. Yep. yep. <laughs> Made my own I've, shorts. Yeah, yep. I, I've sewn I've sewn buttons on, I've sewn some seams together. Um but I've never like made my own clothing. I'm pretty sure I could get a pillow together, but with a needle and thread might take me a while, but to learn a sewing machine. Yeah. That would be yeah. something useful. Yeah, I can see that being very, very useful. Uh, so there's some notes in here. Uh, I guess I'll read them. They're from Ian, even though he's just lurking in the chat and decided not to hang out <laughs> with us tonight. Uh, so he asked uh, howling coyote on discord. And if, uh, if you're listening to this and you're not in the discord yet, I'll throw a link in the chat when I get a second here. But uh, check it out. It's a wealth of information, all kinds of good people in there talking about all kinds of good stuff. Uh, but so Howling Coyote mentioned a few things. Uh, so top five, if uh, you're starting with nothing and uh, basic training. Uh, so this is getting into uh, more medical first aid kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, a temperature probe, uh, stethoscope, blood pressure cuff, which fantastic idea uh, to have. Uh, a pulse oximeter. So uh, something to just check um, your, your oxygen levels in your blood. Uh, a blood glucose meter. And uh, there's a tip in here that you can sometimes get free ones from Abbott or other companies. So That is something I'll be one, doing. Why not, right? Uh, free is a good price. And uh, not just for diabetics, but think someone lost for a week with no food, useful for search and rescue or similar circumstances. So yeah, I, I always thought about those as just yeah, exactly that di uh, diabetics, but uh, great, great point. Yeah, if you're looking for someone who's been lost and hasn't had food in, in a significant period of time, yeah, I know what the glucose level is, we can really help you um, check them out and uh, get them the appropriate uh, food or, or whatever into them, so. Uh, and Absolutely. then, goes on to mention that uh, if you're trained and have the money, um, <laughs> I would tweak the list a bit. And of course, uh, in the preparedness world, you know, if you want to get big fancy things, it's going to cost you some money. But uh, a digital stethoscope with uh, acoustic uh, ECG. Uh, figures that's what they call it. Uh, pulse oximeter, uh, glucometer, a portable ultrasound. So now we're getting into the big, uh, <laughs> getting into the, the big, big bucks here now. But, oh, yeah. uh, you know. Might be useful if you're going to be your uh, your Mag's um, medical, medical person guy. or doctor. That might be something to look at. Uh, so uh, something something to note. Um, he was saying yeah. the pulse oximeter and the uh, blood pressure cuff. Yep. I have that on my watch. Yep, as do I. Yeah, you know, this one is the Versa. Okay. Versa Versa two. But uh, I got the first one I got was actually from Walmart for $25. And my uh, a family member of mine has some health issues. They have a, uh, a pulse oximeter at home and a, um, a sphygmomanometer, a, a blood pressure cuff. And um, they put it on one arm. I put it on, I put my watch on their arm, the other arm. And we were basically right within the same, like wild two numbers kind of thing. Does your watch do so, blood pressure as well? Not this one. Okay. The one actually from Walmart does, and it was oh. actually pretty damn accurate. I was really impressed with that. 
So I've kept it around and I keep it charged just for that reason that I can throw that into a med kit real wet, really quickly and be able to help somebody if needed. Cool. Uh, Brandon in the live chat here mentioned uh, used a glucose meter uh, to see how fasting affected his body. Um, and it was interesting to see. That's a good point too. Yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. Really good point. There's all kinds of different uses for this stuff that you don't think about until uh, people throw out the ideas. <laughs> It's good. It's good. Uh, but uh, yeah, as far as like diagnostic equipment, um, yeah, I like the idea of multimeters, thermometers, gas leak detectors. That's a good one too. If you if you're able to throw some money at that, because you never know. Uh, yeah. If you got some gas floating around, you might want to know what it is and get the heck out of the out of dodge. Uh, and th this might actually be a better time to mention carbon monoxide because yeah, carbon monoxide you know. detector. <laughs> Battery-powered one. Yep. Yeah, better than the five minutes in that uh, <laughs> we hit there. But uh, yeah, so lo those are all good things. Like we said, battery conditioners, multimeters, thermometers, gas leak detectors—all really, really good, uh, good things to have in your kit. Um, and then again, getting back to basics and learning how to fix those little electrical things that could possibly go wrong in your house, uh, that could possibly go wrong in your car, um, or any other mode of transportation that you have, or even that could affect things like your flashlights or uh, maybe your your pulse oximeter if uh, if you're getting down your it's kind of more fancier electronics I would I would imagine but yeah you know if you want to get down to to that point of being able to fix those or or some of your other medical equipment you might have to learn how some of it works and do some basic repairs on some on some wiring that goes to them if uh, if you're in a really bad situation yeah uh, you had some information on mags there Jeff do you want to touch on that well yeah I I just taking all of that stuff into consideration uh that's why it's a good idea to have a mag uh and for those of you who don't know a mag it's a mutual assistance group i'm pretty sure everybody knows um full of different people each one bringing their own unique skills um you know you, you've heard the expression somebody would say and well i'm a jack of all trades but master of none that's that's okay but it kind of is nice to have a master of one or two things and you know, yeah, to have somebody who can dabble in a bunch of different things is good. But um, I think it's better to have a few experts than just that one jack-of-all-trade type person. Yeah, I agree 100%. That's uh, definitely one of the advantages of a mutual assistance group. Yeah, like like Jeff said, you could be, you know, master of all, jack-of-all-trades, master of none kind of deal. But, um, yeah, if you, if you can get people that are specifically skilled in certain skill sets... Uh, and then apply that knowledge throughout your mutual assistance group, it's going to pay dividends because oh, that, yeah. uh, that person that knows a little bit in and out, hey, cross-training too. Yep. Yeah, cross-training is huge. So that, yeah. that expert can take you from the level that you're at with your basic kind of, you know, I know a little bit, and they can bring your skill set up and build on that, right? And then vice versa, if you're you're more expertise in something else, you can build them up and and really, really get your, your mutual assistance group knowledgeable and, and very skilled. Right, two is one, one is none. You got it. So if it's everybody knows basic first aid, everybody's good to go. You got it. And then you take that basic first aid and you, you get somebody who works in like a search and rescue type of environment and they build that basic first aid up a little bit for you. And then you get someone a little bit more skilled there and they build you up. And then you, you get up to the point where you maybe have a doctor or somebody in your group. And I'm not saying everybody's getting their, their PhDs, but you're going <laughs> to learn a few extra things, right? So oh, you're yeah. going to build on that basic skill set. But you're yeah. not going to spend eight or nine years in med school if you're in a 
shit at the fan situation. But no. like I said, you'll you'll learn some you'll learn some techniques from people. So <laughs> uh, how about we move into point number two? Uh, so touching on training courses to consider. Uh, also, uh, sort of skills that you uh, you get that are acceptable in a crisis, uh, not just a YouTube video that somebody watched, but a skill <laughs> that works in an emergency with massive adrenaline levels in your system. Uh, I think most people don't know the difference between watching a video and actual training where you get off your chair. It's a good point. It is. Yeah, you can have all is. the textbook knowledge in the world. And then get thrown into a situation where you get a huge adrenaline dump, and that knowledge—guess where it goes? <laughs> right Gone. out the window. Yep. Or you get that—you get that <laughs> adrenaline dump, dump. The first thing that happens is you lose all your fine motor skills, right? Oh yeah. Your, your, yep. your hands, your hands shake. You get tunnel vision. Yep. You get, and you lose, you lose that ability to find focus. Find yeah, focus your, your fine motor skills are gone. Uh, your tunnel vision kicks in. Uh, you may have auditory exclusion where you're not hearing things. Um, are you are you very hyper focused on something? Uh, and it's really hard to break that. Uh, and a good way to break that is a be aware that that happens, and b get into some really realistic training scenarios that actually jack your heart rate up. You're, you're not probably going to get that huge huge adrenaline dump that you're going to get in a real like a realistic scenario, but if you get that heart rate up and you you kind of start moving around and doing that training in the real world, uh, it's it's going to help you huge in retaining that and the muscle memory of when you actually are in that situation and you have to act. It, it's amazing how quickly that training comes back and you go, did I, did I just do that? Oh, <laughs> I guess the training worked. Yep. <laughs> Right, and that's just yep. speaking from experience, being in some pretty, uh, pretty shitty situations, and snapping out of it after going. Oh, did I do that? Well, I guess the training was uh, was effective. <laughs> Look at that. Cool. Well then, uh, let's carry on. But uh, yeah, really, really good point. Get off your chair. Find some in-person training. Uh, you know, the whole COVID thing has kind of died down now. Um, in-person training starting up again. Go find something that uh, that puts you physically in a scenario and and makes you think with your heart rate elevated and it makes you actually do something in regards to uh into into a situation that you figure you may find yourself in at some point in time or another um any specific training that you guys can think of or courses that you'd suggest wilderness first aid that's a good one Yep. Because it'll it'll teach you more than just the basic or advanced. It'll teach you a whole yep. bunch of other things and uh, you know, thinking on the fly yep. in a completely foreign uh, area to you, it teach you a lot more than just like I said, just the just the the regular first aid stuff. Yep, hundred um, percent. I would definitely love to take one at some point. Um, I just found out recently where. Uh, there might be one offered in the uh, the area to me, so I'm going to start looking into that, and I'll uh, I'll let you guys know what I came up with in a couple nice. weeks from now. Very nice. Uh, training course that comes to mind uh, for me is just lock picking, and that one's for you, Alan. <laughs> so we got CO, <laughs> and we've got lock picking out there for you, but it's a good skill to know. It's a good skill to have, and it's one that uh, that can perish very quickly if you don't practice it. Um, so there, I know there are some places, including Alan, that does uh, lock picking training. So uh, if you can find an in-person course for that, uh, again, that's not something that you might have to do with uh, with an elevated heart rate. But 
<laughs> it couldn't hurt because you might be in a in a really bad situation where you got to get through a door real quick. You might just want to bash the door at that point. But if you got to do it covertly, that is true. That might be a good one too, right? So it all depends on the situation you're in and, and what you're facing and how you want to gain access to a certain place uh, lawfully, of course, with proper authorization. Because we're not uh, we're not telling you to break into places, but uh, no, you know, <laughs> whatever that situation may uh, may throw at you, uh, that's another option. Uh, and even on, on top of just the wilderness first aid, just a basic first aid course. Oh yeah, I'm not discounting that at all. Yep. Nope. If you haven't taken that, uh, that's a good one because that puts you hands on with um, with applying uh, tourniquets, with applying bandages, with applying uh, all kinds of different. Uh, things to do with first aid uh, and it gets you doing it hands-on instead of just sitting in front of your computer watching somebody else do it so i don't know if uh if home depot does it anymore but they used to hold like little workshops plumbing electrical framing yeah, deck building whatnot and those are usually free you go in you get a little pamphlet of this is kind of the building code or the electric code or plumbing code and we're going to teach you how to install a toilet or unclog a drain or put some shingles back on your roof or wire up a, a simple circuit, that kind of stuff. I, don't, I honestly don't know if they do those anymore. Something somebody can look into to just increase their knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, I know they used a, to pre-pandemic, so I'm, I'd imagine they'd come back. I, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm hoping that they do. Yeah. Um, that was a great resource to, to, to go and talk to some of those experts yep. before and after the class and to yep. get some good tips and pointers and, uh, and, and take the, I've never taken one, but, uh, I have seen in a couple of home depots around here that they've had the, uh, the little mini bleachers set up on a, on a Friday afternoon running in to yep. get something real quick. And it's for the Saturday or Sunday workshops. And yeah, I, I think that might be something good for everybody to do. Yeah, absolutely. Again, hands-on is the key. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, DM Davey in the live chat going, wish I knew how to lockpick. Been wearing these <laughs> damn handcuffs almost a week. Uh, if I could help you out, that's what the key looks like. So there you go. But uh, <laughs> you're probably going to be stuck in them a little while longer. We're not going to ask questions, and we don't judge. So... <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, any other training courses that uh, we should throw out there that people should think about? Any other thoughts? I'm surprised you haven't said the ham radio course. Uh, see, I didn't want to. I didn't want to put that one out there because everyone just assumes I'm going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said it for you. It's out there. There you go. It's out there now. Yeah, absolutely. Communication is a big part of preparedness. So, any kind of training course in communications would be uh, would be quite useful. Um, and ham radio can be pretty hands-on as well with uh, setting antennas up and running cables and, and all that. So, But uh, I, w I won't go off on a tangent like I tend to do every once in a while. So, but, uh, we'll no. just refer, refer to our uh, previous ham radio episodes for, for tips and tricks on that. There's, there's what, four? I think so. Yeah, there should be five or six. But <laughs> we'll put some more out eventually. There you go. Uh, but, uh, one, other, one other thing I found might be good is just reference books. If you can't get the training, yeah, yeah. at least you can read and possibly practice something on yourself of like putting a tourniquet on or uh, a compress bandage or 
uh, triangle bandage to do a sling on yourself or a splint or something and put it on on the ground and then get up and walk around. Hmm. So you know what it feels like. If somebody yeah. if you put one on somebody and somebody says, oh, that's too tight or yep. that's that's cutting off the blood flow when it shouldn't, whatnot. Okay, well, you you can understand that and work with the person to, to get them to safety and so they're comfortable at least. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. Uh, so we'll move on to point number three here. Training leads to the next thing, uh, writing down and reviewing lessons. Uh, not all homes and scenarios are the same. People need to review what worked and what failed. Uh, this practice allows people to get better. If you practice dealing with a family member who had a nasty arterial bleed, uh, how did everyone react? Who did what? What could have been done better? Uh, what was successful? Uh, reviews of your performance is the only way to improve, yet people don't talk about this. 100%. That's a fantastic way to learn. Sit down and debrief. Debrief the situation. After like, action report it, kind of thing, fantastic. right? Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And the after action report. What went well? What went horribly wrong? How can we fix it? What could be done better next time? And what did we do perfectly this time around? Uh, it's great to just sit down and chat with your group after a, a small event or a major event has happened to get everybody's perspective on what they saw, what they did, what they didn't do, uh, what they saw you do, what they saw you not do, what they expected and what did or didn't happen fantastic way to learn but you have to do it in a non-judgmental way because as soon as you start blaming people or telling them you know you should have done this you're you're terrible you're you're no good it completely loses its point uh it has to be in an, in an open environment where you, you're you know everybody's not afraid to hear what they did wrong but also can hear what they did right because uh, if you turn it lots negative of, uh, no one's going to learn yeah lots of positive reinforcement yeah. positive feedback yeah don't be, uh, don't do this again, but maybe instead you should do this. Yep. You know, as, yeah, it uh, works really, as, really as humans, well. our, our brain cannot accept negative comments yep. Yep. and negative reinforcement. Positive reinforcement is a whole lot better. Yep, 100%. I've, I've done many, many, many types of debriefs uh, for all kinds of different uh, scenarios, and it, it's always, I've learned a ton from them when uh, we can sit down as a crew and go, okay, this went really well. This didn't go so great. Here's how we can improve next time. And guess what? Next time, the things that went south didn't go south. So it, uh, I really like that. And, uh, and bang on, people don't talk about doing this because the people are afraid of being criticized, right? Yeah. So it's it's all about how you approach it and make sure that your uh, your team or your mag is aware that it's not uh, it's not a negative criticism. It's a constructive criticism, and everybody is just trying to get better and make each other better. And you will learn a ton from doing debriefs. It's like a dress rehearsal, dress rehearsal for a play. Mm -hmm. You run through everything. Yep. And then see what worked and what didn't work. Yep. Unfortunately, this is kind of sometimes uh, after the action has already happened and the, the real good stuff or bad stuff has happened, but it's still worth it yep. to go through it. And like you said, Eric, all those different scenarios you've been through, what went well? You what can we do better next time? Yeah. Or you can even, if you're running through a training course and you're running through scenarios where you're getting that heart rate up and you're trying to see how you're going to react to things, do a debrief after. It wasn't a real scenario. Nobody actually got hurt. But you still get a general idea. You're not going to know 110% how you're going to react, but you're going to get a general idea. 
and getting that bird's eye view from somebody else. Huge, yeah. huge learning opportunity. And yeah, like I said, and I'll say it again, nobody ever thinks of this or people skirt away from it because they're afraid of it. It's all about just setting it up in a positive environment and making sure everybody yeah. realizes they're going to learn from it. But a great, great point and something I think everybody should kind of build into their training and, and if they haven't already, start doing it because it's, you're going to learn lots from that. Yeah. Uh, so deteriorating skills, point number four. So uh, people do something and they think that's it. You're good. I've done the first aid training. I'm good. I did it three years ago. Don't worry. It's fine. I, I know how to put a tourniquet on. I know how to put a bandage on. We're good. Uh, the reality is, we all know, skills are perishable, <laughs> and huh, we forget, right? <laughs> what? Uh, so, you know, how often do you need to review your skill set? Uh, it would seem that there's sometimes sensitive things that need to be drilled all the time. So there's time-sensitive things that need to be drilled into your head all the time. Uh, one example, firearm skills are like that. Um, you won't have the luxury of wondering where the safety is or where the optimum grip is. Uh, which eye is dominant eye uh, when you're in a gunfight. Similarly, you're faced with a uh, femoral bleed. Uh, you don't have the time to calmly figure out how to use that cat or that combat application tourniquet, uh, figure out how it works. You're just going to have to apply it. Uh, there's a number of tasks like this. Uh, reviewing uh, which qualify as time sensitive may be helpful. Uh, there's always a need to practice uh, skills and keep that muscle memory. Uh, because use it or lose it, right? You can take that first aid course tomorrow, uh, be really proficient in how to get that uh, tourniquet on, how to get that splint on. Uh, you can take a firearms course tomorrow and be really proficient with how to use that firearm. Uh, but all of a sudden, give it three or four days, that proficiency falls down. Right? All of a sudden, you're fumbling with the tourniquet. You're, you're, not, uh, you're not applying it 100%. Uh, rounds down range are not hitting where you're hoping they're going to be hitting. Um, you know, that, uh, that bandage that you, you could apply with your, uh, your eyes closed. Not anymore. That splint that you could put on, you know, it's taking you five or six minutes, whereas before it took you two or three. So it's always, there's always a skill set that you can work on. I would definitely agree with all that skill stuff that, yeah, if you don't keep practicing, it's going to fade away. I know I haven't taken a first aid course in years, and to do one again now would be kind of an eye-opener that, oh, yeah, we're supposed to do this. We're supposed to do that. Yep. i got tons of medical stuff in my house, but, again, like you've said, if I don't know how to use it, I'm useless, and all the stuff is useless too. Yep. And, and things change. Like, they, you know, it used to be mm – -hmm. You know, you used to do the, what was it, the three compressions and a breath and right. whatever. Now they're saying, last I knew, or at least, you don't bother doing the breaths. Just make nope. sure the, the blood's flowing and... Hard and fast. Yep. Hard and fast. Yep. Many, many pumps as you can. Many compressions as yep. you can. If you didn't break a rib, you weren't trying hard enough. Yep, 100%. More or less, yep. Yeah, yeah that completely changes. I'm the same. When I first started doing first aid courses, it was, what, 25 to 2? And then all of a sudden it changed the 30 to 2. And now the last one I did about, what, two weeks ago now? Yeah, like you said, Jeff, it's just compressions. And that's all based on research from people that are a lot smarter than uh, than I am with medical <laughs> stuff. Um, 
So, and, but to stay up on that, uh, it's a perishable skill. Yeah. Not saying that if, you know, all of a sudden, you know, your, your 25 to two is not going to help. It's not going to be as effective according to the experts that have studied this for years. Right. Yeah. But, um, this is something good to know that, uh, that knowledge is out there and how to use it. Um, and how to use the equipment. And I'm going to go back to testing your equipment, knowing how to use it. Uh, but even just breaking out your first aid kit, you know, maybe once a month, just sit down. He gives the opportunity to a organize it, check to make sure everything's in there that should still be in there and practice how to use some of it. Why not? You know, and I mean, on, the first, bandage on, the first, and, on the first aid end of it. Now, lots of places, lots and lots of places have a defib or uh, whatever, whatever AED. they call it. Yeah, um, yep. And yeah. I, I've, I've never used one. Uh, they say it's easy. The machine kind of walks you through it. But mm -hmm. you know what? It would be awfully nice to just give it a shot a couple times ahead of time yep. and know what you're doing. Talk yep. to Alan. 100%. I'm sure you can set you up yep. with one. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've had uh, a few times in the past where I've had them on uh, on a scene for something. And I haven't, thankfully, had to hook them up. But it's been to the point where it's been pretty darn close. And it's like, yep. ooh, uh this was easy to do in the controlled environment of a classroom. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope I don't have to hook this thing up. You know, if you do, they're, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty well documented. There's all kinds of pictures and instructions, but when you've got that adrenaline dump, you got that heart rate going, like Jeff said, your, your fine motor skills are yeah. gone. Uh, it's yeah. really good to have that practiced and, and know how to do it. Because you're, you're going to fall back into your training and you're just going to automatically go into that muscle memory and just do things without thinking about it. Uh, and, and like applying the, the, uh, the pads, for example, with an AED might be useful, right? You'll just fall back into it and away you go. Um, but yeah, and even like the firearm skills. Uh, again, hopefully nobody ever has to, to use a firearm for, for anything besides putting holes in paper. But if... Uh, if you're in that situation and, and lawfully you can use said firearm for the situation you're in, you want to make darn sure that your shots are going where they're supposed to go. Right. Yeah. So get into the range and, and punching some holes in paper and just practicing and being proficient with that, uh, with that tool is, is useful. Uh, yeah. And, and even we'll bring this back around to our initial uh, topic uh, about talking about electronics and, and tools and, and repair. Uh, you want to know how to use the uh, the troubleshooting tools that you have for the small electronics or uh, anything else in the house. You want to know how to use them because uh, if you don't, it's a skill set that perishes as well, right? So you, you might be able to fix something today, but a year and a half from now when it actually breaks, do you remember how to use the diagnostic tools in order to fix that yeah. uh, that item? <laughs> how do I use this again? What yeah. goes where? Oh, crap. Where'd the instruction booklet go? The internet's down. I can't look up the how to use this again. Oh, YouTube University is right. out of session. Yep. God damn it. Exactly. So always good resource. things. To, yeah. When it works. Yeah. But when it right. doesn't, it, you're screwed. Yeah. So so yeah. keep in mind, I think the the big take home from uh, from point number four is keep in mind that skills are perishable. If you don't practice, you're going to lose that muscle memory. Yeah, you might retain a little bit of memory about how you did it. It's going to take you a lot longer to actually complete the task because you're going to spend a lot of time trying to figure it out. So yeah, practice, practice, practice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so into point number five. So uh, 
unlikely spares that uh, you may need and things that are overlooked. Uh, a bit like, do you have a spare can opener? <laughs> 43 like minutes, 55 placed. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and that's right in the notes. Look at yeah. that. <laughs> uh, example uh, that everyone forgets about. Uh, I have spares for all the major systems in my house. Uh, electrical, plumbing, gas, batteries, uh, electronic goods, medical, painkillers, uh, vehicle, personal, uh, so like glasses, uh, as well as personal effects, uh, to name but a few, but even two chainsaws, uh, Jeff. So uh, <laughs> believe it or not, one broke. Uh, it is, of course, an expensive in the short term, but like with food preps where you eat your mistakes, you eventually make up the investment as you end up replacing systems anyways. I like that point where uh, with your food preps, you eat your mistakes. I, I had never thought about that before, but... Yeah, if you make if you make a mistake with your food preps, you're just gonna eat it and carry on. Yep. Um, yeah, grin and bear. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, but that's a that's a good point with the uh, the unlikely spare. Yeah, absolutely. So, I like Denny Denny in the live chat there. So he's got three of them looking for another one today. I'm right there, <laughs> Denny. I only have one, but I'm looking for another one to replace the one I have now. Well, to add to the one I have now and a smaller one. Just in case. Uh, I've only got the one and it broke a while ago when I was doing some work and I had to go down the road and steal Jeff's. It was a reverse. <laughs> Normally he's the one stealing shit from me. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can even poke at Jeff. He showed up today, so we'll keep it light on him. But, <laughs> but I, I agree with him. The uh, the electrical, the plumbing, yep. uh, the gas and batteries, all that stuff that, yeah, there's, there. I have... I don't have any actually extra circuit breakers, but there are extra circuits in my breaker box that are unused, so, so I can easily flip them over. Yeah, and they're they're in place in the in the breaker box. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, you do have spares. I have spares. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I have spares. Yep. And uh, like the the electrical, the plumbing, all that. I've got I've got tons of that. Well, not tons of it, but I do have of it. Have a bunch of it. Uh, I've got plenty of batteries. Mm-hmm. All those things, yeah, like like your food preps over time, get them slowly. Buy mm-hmm. one extra package of batteries when you go to Costco. Mm-hmm. Go to the hardware store, buy an extra circuit breaker, buy a, a little package of plugs, a couple of receptacle covers. Yep. You know, the, the, the prepackaged, uh, like 25 feet of uh, different wires, like 14.2, 14.3, 3 the big 240 stuff for your stove or your, your, your dryer. Those kinds yeah. of things, and, and it'll, it'll just like your food preps, it'll all add up to. I have a stock room full of yep. stuff. Exactly, and I, I think it's important too with this one is to not go overboard with it because I know everybody uh, in this kind of uh, mindset likes to go and oh yeah, I need one or two uh, electrical sockets, so I'll just buy a skid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> be realistic with it, right? Like, don't go out and bankrupt yourself. But, uh, you know, grab one or two of, of everything so you've got some spares. Uh, look around your house and say, you know, what have I replaced in the last year or so that's broken? And replace the spares. Yeah. Just have a couple of sitting around. And maybe do a quick inventory and just think, you know, what else can break here? Or what what could go wrong that I could reasonably fix? And, and just grab a couple of spares if it's uh, financially feasible. And just have them set aside just in case. And I do not have 27 can openers in my house. <laughs> it's 30, right? More. I'll give him a benefit of the doubt and say it's 25. 
25 skids? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> I'm not a distributor. Yet. Not yet. Yeah. You're just waiting for your custom <laughs> your custom can openers, right? With the CPP logo on them? Yeah. <laughs> funny, funny you should say that. I have a buddy of mine who's got a laser engraver. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to talk after the show. Um, but yeah, like, like we said, having spares, and that's pretty well ingrained in the, the emergency preparedness group. You know, one is none, two is one kind of setup. Like pretty much everybody has some spares kicking around, but take some time to kind of figure out what you don't have spare wise and what you could get. Yeah. But that takes us into number six how to organize all your preps. So you've got all these spares, you've got all your preps, uh, but people usually struggle to put things in places where they will be needed. Uh, they'll have a bug out bag, but what about medical tools and kit? Medical trauma is different from say, breathe or treating a headache. Uh, or so even a splitting trauma versus non-trauma is necessary. Uh, so what about radio gear? Ah, there it is. Uh, <laughs> how do families coordinate rapid departure? Uh, does everyone fill a crate with personal effects? And then you throw those into a trailer before leaving. What about food? Uh, that could go into a container, but what would you take? Uh, bug out food is probably a good idea. That too could go into a stacking crate. Uh, organizing preps, even ones that are not time sensitive, are a lot harder than most of us appreciate. Again, I think bang on. But I think that brings us back to the episode we did with Hughes, where we did a debrief with him uh, when he had to evacuate with, I think he had all of five minutes notice that there was a, a fire encroaching on his property. Yes, and, I remember that. Uh, his family had to pack up and uh, get out of Dodge. And and he's incredibly organized. Like, let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, <laughs> talking about Hughes, he's probably one of the most organized people I've seen as far as preps go. He, uh, you know, he's the one that introduced the checklist to us and and talked about uh, how his trailer is all stocked up and how he's got everything ready to go. And he's got different levels of do we go, do we not go, maybe we go, holy crap, we're going. Um, you know, his old DEF CON levels there incredibly organized and uh, if you haven't listened to that episode go back and uh, and have a listen to it because uh, it's a really good debrief on again what went well what went wrong and uh, how things could have improved but yeah having your stuff organized and knowing where it is and how it is set up i think it's incredibly important and it's yeah. really good to revisit it um, because just because it makes sense today doesn't mean it's going to make sense tomorrow yeah things change priorities change all that kind of stuff that you need to know where your new stuff is or what your prioritizing is now that you've yep. changed tactics to this side of the other thing. Um, my old shed that I had here was a mess. Everybody will attest to that that's been here. It was a mess. In my new shed, I've taken the time to put some cabinets up. I'm starting to... Everything is in the shed, and now it's organized. It. This is here. This is there. Put some labels on it. Uh, do all that stuff. So yeah, I can I can walk in three sheets to the wind and go over to a wall and open the right cabinet and pull out a box of screws and here you go. That's exactly the size you'll need to do what you're doing. Perfect. So yeah, definitely yeah. organization is key and I'm working on that constantly. Yeah, it's it's again, it's not something that you just do and then walk away. Because it's going to change. You're going to use things out of your kit. You're going to use things out of your preps. Um, things are going to move around. 
things are going to change in your life where you have to change your preps, right? So keeping things organized, keeping them uh, in a in a place that makes sense is uh, is important. And I think that's another thing that people just think, okay, I've organized my go bag or my bug out bag or whatever you want to name your bag that's going to get you out of Dodge. And you just leave it sit. That's great. Yeah. So today you know where everything is. You know how it's set up. Four days from now, do you still remember where that uh, that tourniquet is? Maybe, maybe not. Do you remember where that pen, that pad of paper and pencil is? Maybe, maybe not. Do you remember where you left your car keys yesterday? <laughs> do I remember where I left my car keys an hour ago? <laughs> no. The answer is no. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's good to go back and revisit. And again, maybe turn this all into a monthly thing where you go back over your training, you go back over your kit, you go back over your electronics, you go back over uh, little skill sets that you've learned and just check in and see, you know, mentally, where am I with this training? Physically, where am I with my organizational um, skills and, and set up for my preps? And you know, just make it part of your, your daily or monthly or weekly or bi-weekly routine. <laughs> Dave's uh, got a good comments? one there. Where is it? <laughs> I think I need more practice at being three sheets to the wind. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, oh. And I <laughs> come on the show Dave. again, Dave, and uh, maybe uh, have a couple of drinks with us. We can help you practice that. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Danny just above that too. That I think I have things set up, then realize a twister hit and have to redo. Yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Yep, it's funny how that happens because we all lead busy lives, right? So you'll go and grab something and just whirlwind back out. Yep. Forget about it and come back three weeks later looking for it. Going, I thought it was here. It was over here last yep. time. It was. Yeah. Now it's where now the it's heck not. did I put it? <laughs> yep. So. Yep. Yeah, going back and revisiting the organization of your preps, I think, is a huge one. Um, like I said, it'll it'll pay dividends in, in any kind of situation that you, you find yourself in. If it's just a small little, you know, repair job that you have to do just because something happened to break, or you're in that big, holy shit, traumatic situation where you got to go and patch a buddy up or, or a family member or something, you'll know where everything is and boom, it just all falls into place. Yeah. Like I said, the muscle, muscle memory of where it all is, definitely. Yeah. Huge. Huge, huge, yeah. huge. <laughs> but... It's a fantastic email. Uh, like I said, lots and lots to unpack. Uh, I'm sure that we could keep going on and on and on about more of it. Um, I, anybody on the I panel have anything else they want to add to, uh, to what we've talked about? Or I, uh, I, I like the fact uh, of what he said there. Uh, where was it? But the South African doctors that are used to delivering babies without mm -hmm. any equipment. Yeah. You know, that takes guts and skill Yep. to do that. You know, women have been having babies for millions of years without really any trouble. But to have somebody there who's medically trained to help in case there's a complication and whatnot, and we in this civilized first world countries, you know, Women's in the stirrups, doctors between her legs, baby comes out, push, push, push. Okay, baby pops out, you're good. Over there, they don't have that luxury. Mm. I would, if I ever got the chance to meet a South African doctor who has done that, I would happily shake his hand and buy him a beer. Or two. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. 
Maybe a case. Something. There you go. Like, yeah. 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 yeah uh, Canadian 2-4. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but to be able to do that in those conditions and have those kids survive, yeah, hats off, mm. man. Yeah, it's... Yeah, just uh, reading back in those comments there, it says the Canadian uh, Anesthesia Society guidelines actually state the only indispensable monitor in the room is the anesthesiologist. Yeah. That's crazy. So, and I don't, I don't, I can't, uh, I can't speak to the accuracy of that, uh, that comment. I haven't looked it up myself, but uh, it's in the show notes and it's on the internet, so it must be true. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, that is impressive. I uh, I like the um, the box of urine dipsticks. Mm-hmm. Where he put that in there, that uh, you know, That's your glucose levels, keto- ketones, and whatnot. That uh, it's an EMP proof tool. Piss on the stick; it'll tell you what's going yep. on. Yep. Yeah, that's a good uh, a good thing to have in your kit too. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, and I have a family member who is a paramedic, and I'm going to go and see him in four weeks from now. I'm going to ask him to uh, um, obtain some of those from <laughs> his sources for me so I can bring them home. If you can strategically so liberate a few. Yeah, that's the yeah. words I'm looking for, that kind of yeah. thing. So Your tax dollars bought them, right? That's right, so I can take them. Yeah, that's probably not how that works, but sure. <laughs> We'll just go with that. Why not? It sounds yeah. friendly. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, um, the the glucose meter. Hadn't thought of that. That yeah. I, I got a couple of buddies of mine who are diabetic, and yep. I have asked them before, what's the medication you take? Like, What's the type of insulin that you are on? Mm-hmm. I, I took a couple of pictures of it, so I know yep. grid down situation. Yep. If we're if we're to that point where we're scavenging, looting, whatnot, we're liberating, like you said, <laughs> I know what to look for for him. Yep. So I know he can be okay. Yeah. Or even and let's just put this let's put this in a scenario where it's not a grid down situation and your buddy just goes down for whatever yeah. reason. You're out and you gotta call paramedics. Boom, yeah. you've got all the information there. You can relate to them right there. Here's what he's on, here's what he takes. Uh yeah. Here's what happened. That's that's invaluable. Well, right? un, un, unfortunately, fell out of, of contact with him over the last two years. Yeah. But I did ask him, can you show me at some point how you administer this to yourself? So I know, like you said, Eric, if he's down, I know if he's down, I need to do this. I need to twist this dial or put this amount in the syringe and put it here. And I've helped and I've called 911 to get those people rolling to me right away. And I can tell the paramedics, this is what I gave him. This is what he's told me before yep. that he takes and nothing's changed in those, in that year, six months, whatever it is. Yep. I've already given him help. Exactly. Knowledge, That's, right? Knowledge is key. Exactly. hundred percent it is. Well, with that, shall we move into the podcast challenge? So your challenge for this episode Find something that's broken around your house. Try to fix it. Worst case, it's going to happen. It's still not going to work. <laughs> so give that a shot. Learn a new skill. And uh, if you fix something, let us know at uh, feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. There you go. 
All right. Upcoming events. We've got uh, blanks here for uh, for this episode, so nothing uh, nothing upcoming, but maybe next week we'll have something for you. Maybe. That's uh, Jeff's weather blurb. What do we got going on with the weather, Jeff? Uh, lots. So I'll be brief. Um, there's still a lot of uh, pretty strong storms going on. There's a couple of uh, pretty good cells going through the Toronto, Durham, Oshawa area right now. Uh, reports of some power outages, some minor tree damage, and some minor flooding. Um, the storms to the east are in and around the Smith Falls area now. Uh, they are weakening. Uh, the hardest hit area is a small uh, town called uh, Actinolite. It's about halfway between uh, Marmara and Caladar. Uh, apparently there is substantial damage there. Highway 7 is closed. It is covered in debris, including apparently parts of a house. Um, so our thoughts are with uh, people who's had their stuff damaged. Um, on some other news, uh, the heat dome is returning to BC. I think Ian will probably be finally happy. <laughs> one or two days of sunshine. Um on a different front, surprisingly, there has been very little activity on the uh, tropical storm slash hurricane front in the southern U.S. Everybody it figured moved they'd, north. Yeah, they'd be going pretty good by now, and they haven't had a thing. I'm not going to use the keyword. I'm just going to say it's nice and calm. Um, <laughs> but uh, outside of that, um, you know, again, I, we, we help you out with the weather, but... Um, just keep your eye to the sky. Keep paying attention. Um, don't be scared. Be prepared. All right. I can agree with that one. So deal of the week. Uh, so if you're uh, in the Discord again, uh, there was mention of Costco has got a sale right now on AA and AAA batteries. Uh, so nine dollars ninety seven cents. They're forty packs, and they're Duracell. So, and I can vouch that they are there, and that is the price. Uh-huh. I think I, I was know there where today, I'm going and tomorrow. may or may may or may not have picked one up. So I think I know where I'm going tomorrow. Won't be at the same <laughs> Costco as you, Eric, but I'm definitely going to go to one. All right. Uh, so shout outs. Yeah. Uh, just a quick uh, shout out to uh, Sasha for the email that turned into this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to send this in. Uh, it's obviously turned into a full episode for us. So uh, really appreciate that. And I'm sure that it's going to help out uh, the listeners as a whole uh, with getting a lot of information out to them and a lot of good, valid information and just getting people to think. So so again, thank you very much for taking the time to, uh, to send that in. And thanks for being a listener. We appreciate it. And we do appreciate when listeners take the time to flip an email in and, and give us some feedback and let us know what you think. And what you'd like us to talk about is, uh, who knows, we might make an entire full episode of it. You never know. Uh, email and iTunes reviews, nothing new. So, uh, yeah, if you got a second, said throw us an email or, or throw a, a review up for us. And with that, I will bring episode number 171 of the Canadian Prepper Podcast to an end. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or, of course, your favorite podcast app. Please help us out. Submit a review. It does help other people find us. And we do record these shows live on Facebook and YouTube. If you want an early peek at the shows, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Canadian Prepper Podcast. 
and click the notifications tab. That gives you an alert when we're going live. If uh, you want to reach me, you can just uh, send an email to feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. <laughs> and I can be reached at uh, batbradcpp. Uh, sorry, batbradcpp at gmail.com. Three sheets to the wind, huh, Brad? Absolutely. <laughs> I got tomorrow off, so I'm, I'm living her up. <laughs> All right. Uh, please check out Rapid Survival at rapidsurvival.com. Uh, you can get me there on the live chat. Uh, you can also email me at feedback at prepperpodcast.ca. So uh, thanks for joining us this evening. Till next time, be prepared, stay safe, and keep learning.